In the past two years, the world has witnessed the fastest bear market and quickest subsequent recovery. Now, increased levels of inflation and slow global economic growth have led to deliberations between experts about what part of the market cycle will come next, stagflation or deflation. Based on the evidence, it is possible to make the case for either. Well, joining us to unravel this is Adrian Pask, who is Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth. Hi, Adrian. Good to talk to you again. What aspects of inflation and interest rates are you not seeing in the current debate? Hi, Kieran. And once again, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I think the obviously the current debate around inflation has really revolved around how that could lead to higher interest rates in an, in an effort to bring inflation down, and then how that introduces the possibility of um, not only lower growth, but also a potential recession in particular in the US and, and what the impact would be on the broader global economy and markets. So a lot of the debate has been, been focused around those specific topics. But there's two elements that concern us that aren't being featured in the debate at all really at the moment. And the one is really the impact of inflation on the broader unit trust industry and especially how it impacts um, inflation benchmarking and whether clients really understand the dynamics between inflation, interest rates, and the performance of the products that they're using at the moment. And second to that is the risk of deflation downstream. So as I say, the current debate is largely around stagflation, so lower growth and inflation at the same time, and not really any attention being given to how the risk of potential deflation is actually increasing significantly the higher inflation rates go up. I'm glad you defined stagflation for us. That's a low economic growth and at the same time rising inflation. But how do you at PSG Wealth, how do you see stagflation and what impact could it have on us? Well, I think first and foremost, I think the slowdown would mean that there's less people that are involved or participating in, in the economy. So GDP numbers go down and more importantly, earnings numbers are affected through corporate profits. Uh, so from an investment perspective, that's obviously quite important. But if you suffer lower earnings at the same time that you are in a high inflationary environment, that's exactly the opposite of what you really need. Because if inflation is trending upwards, really what you should be after is investments in, in asset classes that will help you protect the real value of your money. So the net gain after inflation has been taken into consideration so that you can build your wealth over the time net of inflation. But that becomes incredibly difficult as inflation picks up and at the same time you, you see interest rates tick up and that typically has a negative impact on, on markets. And then obviously from a stagflation perspective, it's not ideal and you are looking for signs that it might be relieved in some way or form. So if you look at the, the drivers of inflation, you would hope that some of those things start to start to move back um, to more normalized um, trend levels. But if you look at oil prices, for example, or energy prices in general, those are really the things that have been massive drivers in the inflation number. And they might recede over the short term because they've run so hard in recent months. But at the same time, the lack of investment in that space puts a structural tailwind behind the prices. So we see a scenario where we are potentially forming a high base, moving lower, and then a brief period of deflation followed by a, a continued period of stagflation again. 
so it really matters quite a bit in terms of how you interpret that timeline into your investment strategy. So long story short, in terms of investment strategy in a stagflationary environment, you typically want to focus on businesses that have the ability to protect margins because you sit in an inflationary environment where your costs are escalating quickly. So if you've got, if you're investing in businesses that have a very strong handle over costs, then, then that's good. And then I, I think in this environment, uh, the, the key is not to overpay where there might be lofty expectations priced into assets or securities. And then in the end, the corporates struggle to meet those um, lofty expectations and, and then obviously derates from there. So I think we much better poised to be in a position where we invest in businesses where much of the risks have been priced in and rather allow them some flexibility to surprise on the upside. That is a bit concerning that we're looking at the potential for deflation and stagflation one after the other. What is the likelihood of deflation? Well, it's a strange position to be in because, as I say, there there isn't much talk about deflation. I mean, deflation is really the opposite of the narrative that's currently doing the rounds because we're seeing inflation numbers coming through at very high levels. If you look at what's being predicted through the UK, you know, just this week, we've seen, or well, last week, it started with, with Credit Suisse putting down a number of 17% for UK inflation. Um, and then after that, two of the other investment banks came through with a number of 20 and the more recent one, 22%. So these are massive, massive numbers and obviously hitting headlines and everybody's trying to just manage for an inflation shock that's coming. But the reality is that if the higher inflation goes, the higher the likelihood of subsequent deflation. And that's just because you're creating a very high base effect in the numbers. So you'll remember, for example, when we went through the COVID period, when we reported very high economic growth numbers following the depths of COVID. And actually all that happened is a recovery to previous levels, but that recovery implied a percentage gain from the low base of growth to the normalized level. But the reported number was a high percentage. And I think we'll see the opposite of that on the inflation number. So we're setting a very high base now on the inflation number. And it's it's likely that prices will remain higher than trend, but lower than current. And the lower than current is really the important part, because if you measure it on a year-on-year basis, we might actually see that deflation number coming through. And that's the piece of the puzzle that's not being reported anywhere. So I think if you ask most people, um, they would say it's an impossibility because it's pure madness thinking about deflation environment where the UK is expected to print numbers in excess of 20%. But the quick key question is what comes after that? Um, and like I say, statistically, it means that the higher the inflation runs in the moment, the higher the probability that you will see deflation shortly after. But I think even more important than that, and that's really the question that we're grappling with at at PSG, is even if you do see that, will it be a short-lived deflationary period or or could it be sustained? And and we're definitely not in the camp that says it will be sustained because we do think there's um, pricing pressures that will uh, mean that that prices remain higher for longer. I think it's purely a short-term thing where the base effects at the moment are are just simply too high. So it will be be short-lived. But it will be a surprise to markets, I would think. I guess it's a challenge for you know the unit trust managers who are looking at this, this 
scenario of deflation and how how do they adjust to an environment where they're using inflation as a benchmark? What's the what's the solution to that? No, it's exactly what we're seeing at the moment. Um, and it's not the first time. So this is something that's quite cyclical where the funds that use inflation benchmarks. So if you use a very good example in our environment in South Africa is, is the typical funds that brand themselves as stable, preserver, cautious, low equity. Those are typically mandates that hold about a third in equities, and they generally aim for an inflation plus 3% type of return. In this environment where inflation is high, you, inflation plus 3 is, is north of 10% returns. And at the same time, typically when inflation is high, um, interest rates are, are moving higher to combat that same inflation. And as interest rates move higher, asset classes uh, fall under pressure. The only thing that keeps moving forward is cash rates. But typically, equities and bonds do take some pain there. So you actually have a negative relationship between what your investment is doing and what your benchmark is doing. So if you plot this on a graph, you end up with something that looks a bit like a DNA strand. So they're completely opposite directions at times and then brief periods where they aligned and then they go the other direction again. And why this is important is when when investors start to look at the various reports, whether your wealth manager is, is benchmarking you on inflation or whether your low equity fund is looking at inflation plus 3%, investors are going to start to notice that things aren't looking quite right. And I do think in some cases they might even think that it's specific to the, the funds that they're using. But I mean, we've gone through analysis of the low equity funds at the moment. And there's literally only a handful that's managed to beat inflation plus 3% over the last three years. So it is going into that cold period. But then that's typically followed by a period where virtually all of them generate that return. So it blows a bit hot and cold as, as a sector. And I think that's just important to take note of that investment horizon of the product is maybe three or four years. But the prevailing interest rate and inflation cycles are much longer than that. So these investors in these products are going to have to just adjust their expectations a bit to ensure that they interpret the performance of their products a bit more accurately. And what I could suggest as an alternative is uh, is looking at the returns on a relative basis. So look at what the other funds in the industry is doing. See if it's realistic to expect a return of inflation plus 3%, for example, or in the balance fund space, it's typically inflation plus 5 or 6% even in some cases. Um, so just be wary, I think, is, is the cautionary note. Um, just be wary of these inflation benchmarks. They make for a bit of a, a, a messy interpretation of your actual success at the moment. Interesting times ahead. Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth. We're going to leave it there. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you very much, Kieran.